Episode 94 of the Hangman Coach Noonan Podcast features the owner of Care Performance and Outstanding Strength Coach Juju Griffin. In this episode, we talk about consistency, private sector coach-client relationship relating to the youth, his time at Army football, and getting into SNC and more. Make sure to follow him on Twitter and check him out if you're in the New Jersey area and are needing a strength coach. Before we jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping things. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at HWCN Podcast and share this show or any that you find value in. Don't forget to rate and review to help grow the show. Dallas area listeners, if you're looking for some fantastic custom cookies that look almost too good to eat, check out Texas Treaties. Use the code PODCAST at checkout for a 10% off promo. If you're trying to step up your menswear game, check out Etiquette Dawn. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you looking like a sharp-dressed man. When you need a coffee that works as hard as you do or is as strong as your squat bench, deadlift, cleaner snatch, then I suggest checking out Viking Coffee Company. Podcast listeners use the code COFFEEWITHNOONAN for a 10% discount on single purchases but not subscriptions. Check out vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hangover Coach Noonan podcast. If you are looking for a quick and effective way to keep your weight room and or locker room sanitized, then check out Xanago Sprayer. Bacteria can grow anywhere. The Freedom Sprayer goes with you so you can keep your athletes protected wherever you go. Check out Xanago.com and let them know Coach Noonan sent you for a little discount. Enjoy today's episode with Coach Juju Griffin. On today's episode of the Hang with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm joined by the man not going to bring any bad juju. He's going to bring the good juju, Coach Juju Griffith, owner of Carib Performance. Coach, what's happening, man? How are you? What's good? How you living? Man, you know me, man. Just trying to trying to hustle and, and, and be like you one day. Yeah, be better than me. Be better than me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know we were talking uh, before we hit record, and uh, you know I think one of the deals uh, you know you tweeted about letting kids go on on a, on a break at the end of the day, it's okay, right? Like especially if they've coming if they've been coming consistently. You know, we wrapped up month one of strength camp. We're gonna take the week of the July fourth off, uh, and they'll come back. You know, the kids that have been coming consistently, they're going to be fine. The ones that just showed up, they're going to struggle a little bit with that week off. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, kids are kids. Like, I think too too many times we as adults, whether it's coaches or parents, put too much unnecessary pressure on these kids to either live vicariously through them or make sure that we can pay our bills. Um, and, that, and, you know, that's within reason, obviously, we, we want to make sure that they're doing right. but Man, at the end of the day, that that kid shouldn't have that much pressure on him or her. Listen, like nowadays, um, kids have more responsibility now, and it feels like, like I like I can speak personal experience. Like I had a lot of responsibility um, growing up, right, coming from a single parent home and whatnot. But like as a lot of coaches gave me a lot of grace when I had things to do. And it's only just giving that back to the kids that I already have now. And like, as I get older, I'm 26 years old and seeing these 15, 16, 17 year old kids, like have these responsibilities texting me, coach, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. I got to go to work. 
coach, I'm going to be five minutes late. I got to go pick up my little brother from here. And so it's, as a coach, I can't get mad at you for that. I'm just, I, the only thing I, I really like harp on teaching kids is just the ability to communicate effectively, right? Um, to tell me this early, being before the time that you're supposed to be at whatever obligation, you even if you text me two minutes before because something came up, I can't get mad at you because I know times are changing and, and responsibilities have increased. So anytime that I do have the power and the ability to be like, hey, go let your hair down, go jump in a pool, go hang out with friends, go get off your feet for three, four, five days, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it because at the end of the day, like, kids are still kids. Like, we've made sports such a business now that we've taken out, to a certain degree, I feel like we've taken out the fun, the joy, um, and the happiness and the camaraderie that that, that sports brings around. And, and it's, it's become more of a stressor now, especially for, for high school athletes more so than than it just being recreationally fun to a certain degree no doubt man you know uh for me i w- i'll say i was blessed in that i don't i didn't necessarily feel like i had a whole bunch of responsibility growing up um but at the same time i, I went to school with kids that, that had to work right and they had to help pay the bills and you know I, being in in the coaching and teaching profession now for 14 years, like you see it. Like I've coached kids that, I mean, they miss games because they can't get out of a work shift because if they do, you know, that's, that's a light bill not being paid and stuff. So you're right. There is a lot of responsibility, um, you know, and at the end of the day, they're still kids and the ones that truly have a goal of going on and play at the next level, as long as they're going to stay consistent, there's going to be opportunity, right? There's just so much to that landscape that's changing um, that, you know, who knows what it's going to look like in five years, 10 years. You know, I don't think that the NCAA as it is currently will exist much longer with the NIL. No. You know, but I do, I do want to go into to, to that a little bit, the consistency aspect, because I think, there is a there's a facade around consistency. Like people feel like consistency, consistency, excuse me, has to be the same time every day doing this, that, and the third. No, because there's this thing called stress, and we all deal with it to a certain degree, right? Consistency is consistency could be like if you say that you're going to train three times a week. Guess what? Pick three days like it doesn't have to be monday wednesday friday it could be monday tuesday thursday this week it could be tuesday wednesday saturday this week like that's the consistency that i i my definition of consistency if you say that you're going to give this you're going to give yourself this goal then give yourself a goal that isn't so restricted to like where there's no left and right limits for some leeway right because then that just you're just making the goal more stressful in my opinion, right? And and you're going to feel like that's your definition of consistency, right? So I say when when we when we talk about consistency, we're talking about hey, 
we're going to lift two times a week. We're going to sprint two times a week. Whatever days those are, those are the days that we're going to do it. And those are the days that we're, if we have to make it up, we make it up. Those are, that's how we're going to get these sessions. In. Not we're going to lift them. We're going to back squat on Monday, bench on Wednesday, deadlift on Friday. We're going to do linear sprints on Tuesday. And we're going to do change of direction on Thursday at the same time at 3 p.m. when it's dead hot outside, especially in Texas, Georgia, Alabama. God bless all of you that have to do that. Um, you couldn't catch me. You couldn't catch me doing it. But that's that. I wanted to go into that a little bit because I know I've had some conversations in in, in that realm of, of consistency. No, I'm with you 100, percent man. You know, like people look at and 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 see that word consistency, right? And you think about somebody like a David Goggins or a Jocko Willink constantly posting, you know pretty much the same time every day of what they're doing. But I've, I've heard other people and I've heard them talk about that's who they are. That's what they need for themselves. They're not pushing that on anybody else because we don't have the same stresses that they do. We don't, I, you know, our job is not the same as them. They're in a different capacity. They're, they're a different place in life. So that's their consistency. That's their discipline. I'm totally with you. Like, you know, they'll tell you the biggest reason why people fail when it comes to diet and exercise is the goal from the from the beginning is too big too soon, right? Yes. And then they they experience one setback and it's the end of the world. And it was all they got to do is just readjust, refocus, and just take smaller steps, smaller smaller bites of, of everything. Otherwise man, we're just going to run ourselves into the ground. And you talked about it. Um, you retweeted it the other day. Like, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know. And oh. if you're not taking time for yourself, if you're not reassessing your goals, then it's just, you know, it's it's no good. Um, I've, I've not had the best training in the month of June uh, compared to, like, years past with summer. Uh, but I've been able to take care of a lot of things off the honeydew list at the house right and that but that hadn't been something that i needed to do prior previously living in an apartment or you know just moving in type stuff like so now it's like okay this is legitimately um shift right i've been some days some weeks it's like a couple days a week you know other days it's man just going to the pool and walking in the pool swimming laps type deal um you know, not every day has to be the grind out barbell life. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with it. And I love it and it'll never go away. But, man, you know, I'm, I'm with you, though. The consistency is not same thing every day, but it may work for you or whoever else. Right. You know, that bodybuilding diet of chicken and rice every day. And miss, Absolutely. miss me with that. I, I, I should. I wish I was more disciplined like that, but <laughs> I love food and I love spice, man. I. I yeah. So I'm a I'm a I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw two things out there. So so as we talked about the the diet thing, I every time I think of diet because I obviously I still train general population clients and I'll kind of go into like my business model and and all that in a little bit. But when I deal with like nutrition assessments, they'll be like I'll see something like oh I'll have like three glasses of wine a night or I'll have a vodka soda here and there. And 
the first thing I tell them is they're like, I need to cut drinking. I'm like, no, you don't. You just need to, let's start off with for the first three weeks, let's go down to two glasses of wine a night and let's just put the bottle down, right? Two glasses and then done. And after that, you, you're basically periodizing their, their alcohol intake to like wean them off of alcohol over a certain amount of time. Now, I'm going to shout her out, Wendy, if that's wrong, please, please come at me. Please come at me for this later. But that's kind of the approach that I take with people when you, you can't just go cold turkey on a lot of these things, right? You can't go cold turkey on that because to your point, when you have that one setback, because guess what? Fourth of July weekend's around the corner and you know you're going to have a family barbecue and you know there's going to be drinks and food and all that. You shouldn't feel guilty about food. You shouldn't feel guilty about those choices for that day. One day isn't going to throw off all your hard work. Just go through the day, get back on track as soon as it's done, and you're still going to continue to see your results, right? The second thing that I was going to say, based off what you said with, with you know, having a house and all that, congratulations on that. But um, one of the worst chores is landscaping. Um landscaping but i will say this landscaping is walking and walking is cardio i'm gonna throw that out there i'm gonna just i'm gonna just let that i'll just let that one sit listen i'm with you we're, we're, we're just uh we're just renting right now but we've done uh we have done some landscaping um i'll tell you this shoveling gravel and moving it across a yard is is work is work, dude. Like, you know, being on your hands and knees, spreading gravel, all that stuff. That wheel barrel, wheel barreling the gravel. Yup, I know. Dude, you want to pump meathead cart? That's meathead cardio right hey, there. Exactly, man. I can get behind <laughs> that. Hey, you want to pump? You know, you walk, you walk with the with the loaded wheelbarrow. You know, and that isometric flex on your arms, and you're gonna get you some little pump, and then your back's gonna feel a little bit. A little bit stronger, a little bit tighter, you know. Shrugs, you're shrugging up the wheelbarrow a little bit, you know. Back's tight, you know. And then, and then you're like, okay, you know, I made it, cause, it, cause then now you can, you can mess with yourself, and you can say, okay, I had, you know, five, six shovel loads in this one, and I, and I was, it felt okay. Can I, can I throw a couple more in, you know? So you find a way to challenge yourself, and I think that's the other portion to success when it comes to, you know, strength gains and, and diet is, is just challenge yourself. Okay. Uh, it's somebody that doesn't like eating vegetables, man. Try, you know, find, find one vegetable, maybe a week or, you know, a couple of times a month where you find a different way to cook it and add it into your, you know, add it onto your palate. And if you don't like yeah. it, fine, go to something else. Uh, you know, in the weight room or in the conditioning side of things, if you don't, if you like a certain form of, of that cardio, great. Find a way to make that a little more intense. You know, if you're not a sprinter, don't go out and go sprint. Okay. Yeah. Just walk a little faster, hit the incline, let your hands go off the, the, the handles, you know, right. obviously easier said than done. And, you know, I, I wish I, I wish I would take my own advice more often than not, you know, uh, take the smaller portions and, and don't, don't be so, don't go back for the seconds and thirds, but man, 
You know, sometimes. but sometimes Pete, but Pete, that's why we have coaches though. Like, right. That's what we're here for. Like we're, everybody needs a coach. Like if you don't think that I don't have a coach right now and I'm a coach of athletes, like I have a coach that's still, I still have a nutritionist. I have a business mental therapist. Like we all need coaches still. Like you, it, it, I think that's a facade too, is that like, just because you get to a certain age doesn't mean that we know it all, like at all. Like we still need other people to guide us to where we want to be as well, too. Yeah, I, let, I'm going to transition to the business side, right? You got your performance center and you're in the private sector. How, who who have you kind of gone to to because there's a, there's a plenty of people where you can get the X's and O's of, of the workouts and that type of stuff but the actual business side of things and in the private sector is very different than the public side where you you got a lot more red tape on the private side you know depending on where you're at and outside of you know the the facilities and, and rent and, and liability insurance you've got a lot more freedom so how do you manage that how have you learned to uh grow from a business standpoint so, so a little bit of background. So I, I just started, so carrot performance has always been a thing. Um, it was actually my online training business at first. So, um, I'm a former, uh, army football player. Um, and a lot of my classmates and teammates that are now in the army and, and whatnot, they, with the new train, uh, army fitness test now, it's a little bit geared toward athletes now. So there's there's six events. It's a three rep max deadlift, a bomb toss, um, basically like a sled medley um, called the sprint drag carry. Uh, they have hand release pushups, a three minute plank, and a two mile run. Right. So it's a little bit more all encompassing than the old. PT test, which used to be just push-up, sit-ups on a two-mile run. So with that being said, a lot of my friends knew that I was in this field and wanted a little bit of help with, with programming and all that. So I started doing it as an online training business. Um, things didn't work out when I left my last place, going to search for a new opportunity for an internship. And I had to make a hard decision on, do I want to go and pursue another internship or do I want to bet on myself? And um I made a few phone calls. I talked to a couple of people. I talked to my mentors and I got into a situation now where I'm, I'm the, I run basically care of performance um, out of a place where I pay rent now. I'm actually out of different breed sports Academy um, in Teaneck, New Jersey. Now um, it's a, it's one of the best boxing gyms in New Jersey. Um, Don Somerville is my business partner. Awesome guy. And I got myself into that. How I kind of went about my business acumen was books experience and watching other people honestly like i've watched some good businesses i've watched some bad businesses um from the inside out uh i've i've read other books recommended on on business and all that i think uh how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie's a good book just overall uh I think uh, Think and Grow Rich is another good book. And I, and I would say How to Make Business Simple by Donald Miller. I would say top three books like that I've read like in the last year that have helped me um, progress how I go about the business. And then 
taking that because it all sounds good on paper, but it's the it's the practical application that matters. So like, what does it look like? And like, figuring out like like I kind of had this inclination and this feeling that I always wanted my own place, but I just didn't know what it would look like. But I would always like I I do this often when I journal. I say if I was king for a day, what it would look like and. I literally wrote out like I would have eight eight double full racks by Sorenex, DC blocks, gym awares, Watson gym equipment. Like I literally wrote it all out. How much space? 60, 6,500 square feet. Like I, I wrote the whole shebang out. And um, knowing, writing all of that out allowed me to reverse engineer what I would need to get to that. Like, from a money perspective, how do I need to run my finances? Who do I need to talk to to help me with my finances? Who do I need to get into the right relationships with so that I can get quotes from maybe companies like Play, like Watson, not like Watson Gym Equipment, like Sorenex, all of that. And then um, understanding what my product is and then how, how to scale that product, right? It's, it's, it's how to maximize that um with doing like very little on the business side so i can focus on really the product of the x's and o's of it that was a long-winded answer no i love that man (laughs) i love that man because at the end of the day you know it comes down to the practical application of things like you can read everything and you can observe everything but you got to put it into practice and you got to learn you know, just the same as, you know, from a from an X's and O's standpoint, right? At the end of the day, you you can have all the certifications you want, but if you don't know how to adjust to the people that you're training and, and get them to meet them where they're at to get them to where they're gonna go, then it doesn't matter. Like you just have a bunch of you just have a bunch of degrees and paper. And you know, you yes. have you have education, but you don't have wisdom, right? Yes. I think that's the deal is, you know, is learning to apply that education, you know, and you, and so I, I didn't know this about you, but playing at Army, right? That's, that's going to give you a lot of education, but it's also going to give you a lot of life experience, you know, and then just uh, all the, the rigor and the, you know, time constraint, time management and discipline that it takes to just be just to be a student at West Point. But then on top of that, uh, which also means that you uh, potentially are familiar with my, with my boy, Jeffy Jeckham. Yeah. So, yeah. so I coach Jeff was Jeff was one year older than me. OK, so I coached Jeff for like one or maybe two years when I first started. Um, before I left Houston to the Dallas area, man, I just remember that kid as a freshman had leadership qualities about him. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to throw any nice stories about him and, you know, feel free. All I'll say is, is his nickname was Odell Jekyll. Odell Jekyll. His nickname was Odell Jekyll throughout college. He had hands like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Man. So, so he um but he's now with he's now uh playing arena football in Vegas now. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's playing arena football in Vegas now. Where did where did you decide that trying to further your football career was gonna take a backseat to strength conditioning? So um I always say this when it comes to football, because I think it's very true and I think it's a hard truth that nobody wants to hear is that the game will be done with you before you're done with the game, right? And whether, regardless of how you look at it, whether it's injuries, whether you got cut, whatever the case may be. Um, so I got cut my G- going into junior year. Um, I went through summer camp and I just got cut, right? There was plenty of players better than me, just wasn't cutting it. Um, I was, I didn't get cut from my attitude or my grades or anything like that. It's actually... It, Honestly speaking, I would say it's my attitude toward practice, my attitude toward coming to the weight room, and I would say my grades on the team is what kept me on for the opportunity to be a student assistant coach. Um, and then because Coach Munkin obviously saw what I liked and saw that I was a very big weight room guy, right? Um, so he afforded me the opportunity to be a student assistant coach in the weight room. So I got to work with uh connor hughes connor just had took over the program that summer um right after brian so i had three coaches throughout uh my career it was uh coach tim karen was my first one who's the owner of allegiant out in uh california uh brian hess who i believe is still the head strength and conditioning coach at unc um right now and then connor hughes who's still the head football coach at uh, or head strength coach at west point right now so I got to learn from Connor um, a little bit. Things didn't play out at West Point. I had too many injuries, so I got out of the Army, and then that's how I started. Um, I started. I picked up where I left off and started at Varsity House. Um, started as a regular assistant coach, um, basically doing the, the the typical intern things and very first coach things, cleaning all the equipment, making sure the plates are up, all of that, and then worked up to – where I was the assistant director of performance uh, for the program, where I was running the entire athlete program, um, was doing that since August of 2021. And then um, left there in April, um, took like basically like a two month hiatus to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And then that's how I literally started training under my own business in, in the facility as of June 13th, so as of literally this month, like about two weeks ago. So um, I never had any aspirations of playing pro. Um, I, I knew I wanted to have a successful football career, uh, but I never had any aspirations of playing pro. Uh, I'd always know that that's kind of part of the reason why I went to West Point. I wanted to – I wanted to – have the fail safe of being able to play football, but knowing that I was going to be able to take care of myself, my family and all that going down the line. Um, like I said, things didn't play out. So you either in those types of situations, you either sink or swim, right? You, you could either woe is me everything, or you can figure it out and, and come out on top from, from a place of adversity. Yeah. I love that, man. How have you, taken you know those that adversity and applied it while you're training 
to help these kids. Cause at the end of the day, I would assume your athletes look at you potentially as more than just a coach. Like you're a young, successful, well-spoken black man who has his own business. Right. And I feel like that's a very, that's a very admirable, admirable goal, not just for your know, young black boys, but just guys in general, like men want to be in control of their own futures, right? We, we want to be the provider. So how do you, how have you kind of taught that those life lessons or how do you potentially see yourself incorporating that in? Uh, because at the end of the day, you and I both know you're going to work harder for a coach that you believe is in truly investing in you beyond just a paycheck and some good Twitter videos. Yeah. So that's get ready for this. Um, so first I like to say like when, when I train my athletes, like they don't call me coach. They, they, they call me Jew. Like it's either Juju or Jew. Right. Um, and I can humbly say that my athletes treat me more like a big brother than anything else, because I recognize that we're, we're, for most of these kids, like I'm no more than 10 years apart difference. I have an older brother who's 15 years older than me. So to me, I understand having big age difference gaps like that. So for my style of coaching, I, I, it's the good cop, bad cop type of way that like my kids know that like, we're going to have fun, but like once the hour starts, like we're going to get after it. And there's always life lessons to be said in everything that happens. And I have like real conversations with my kids to like, I want them to feel like it's a little bit more than just training. So like, we'll have conversations about what's happening in the free agency. We'll have some conversations about um, like what's going on currently in the news. Like, I, I try to bring up things that I know that they're going to be in tune with. So like, I literally asked them, I was like, yo, do you guys know what a Rico case is? Right. Do you like, like, cause obviously these are rappers that they all listen to. Like I listen to them. I'm not even, it is what it is. So it's like, do you know what a Rico case is? How does that affect them? Like having those deeper conversations that like, and then they're like sitting there, they're like interested, like, sometimes it will take like a five minute intermission and like go on Google to look stuff up. So like, they're like interested and intrigued by that, but it's also educational in that aspect and how it's affecting like black culture, black community, or just culture and community in and of itself. Um, so I always impart that, like I go about my coaching style, my training style, because I'm young. I, I don't want to, like, I'm not there. I don't want to say that I'm like my job's to be their friend. Right. I don't want to say that's my job, but I, I do want to say that I put myself in a position that I'm able to be close enough with them that like, it's more than just a coach athlete relationship. It's like, no, this man's really invested in like the, in, like my best interest. Like one of the examples that I use is how can you expect the kid to show up for you in the weight room and you want this undivided attention, this, this strict discipline, this, this everything that you would want where everything's crisp, sharp, clean, all of that. Right. And I say this more so for the private sector over, over like team setting. Right. But how do you want that out of a kid 
if you're not going to sacrifice maybe an hour, 90 minutes or so to go watch that kid play or go go to a practice, right? Or do something where like you can't, and, and this is something that I, that I can't stand with coaches, is you can't expect your athletes, your clients or whatever to come give you everything and you not reciprocate that same energy to some certain degree whether it's like I have a gen pop client who's, who's training with me to do a, uh, a 3K, right? I'm doing the 3K with her, right? If you know me, if, for those who know me, I don't run anything more than a mile and a half, right? But to what we said earlier, that's challenging myself, but it's also showing up for your clients and your athletes too. And I think at the end of the day, like you have to show up for them if you want them to show up for you. It's you, you have to do it first before they can do it for you. Because if you want true trust and if you want true trust out of them, I promise you for any one of your athletes, if you're a private sector gym business owner, I want you to go to a basketball game or go to a football game, right? And show and show up, show up there, show your face, get to talk to people, right? To meet the parents, sit with the parents, talk with the parents, let them know how their kids are doing. I promise you that will go, that will go a ways for you than anything that you could possibly do. Oh, I love that, man. And, and, you know, good luck to you with that 3K because you, you're already a half mile more than what I even want to run. You know, but. No, but that's awesome, man. Because I would, I would assume that 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 gym pop person probably didn't necessarily care that you that you would or wouldn't be just even at the race in general, you know. And if you would have just said, "Hey, I'm gonna come show up. I'll be there at the finish line, or I'll, you know, I'll I'll be there at some point and cheer you on," like, okay, we all want that you know, external motivation and, and adulation, but then to take it a step further and say, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this with you. Like that's, that's next level because what that does is that person's then going to go to their friends. talking about my coach ran a three K with me. He didn't have to friends be like, yeah, that's pretty good coach. Like, I don't know anybody that would say that's dumb. Well, there might be, but you know what? More often than not, they're going to say, I want a coach like that. I want somebody dedicated like that. You know, and, and, and even in the team setting, we have a lot of kids that play basketball, baseball, uh, or do multiple sports. And it's important to go and be present, even in the team setting, when these, especially if it's your top guys, like, go be there and then to also recognize it for your lower level guys that may not ever be you know a highly recruited anything but they're just a kid who you know maybe they just don't have parents that can come to every game but you can step in and you can be there and you can give that congratulations or that hug after a tough loss whatever you know that it means a lot um, and, and I'm with I'm with you 100. Like, if you're a private coach or even a team setting coach, and it's check in for this and check out, you'll get 
you'll you'll get by, but will it be truly fulfilling and will it truly be great? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you can make a pretty decent living, you know, as a private coach and on the public side, you know, in, in the team setting, depending on where you're at and what level. Yeah, you can make a nice payday, but the majority of people, uh, it, it's going to be more from an intangible standpoint as to why you do that gig than just the paychecks. Because if we're just doing it for the paychecks, there's a lot of other options that do not require as much physical exertion and emotional. Cause I mean, you know, like you're going to, you get emotionally invested in, in your client success because it's a reflection of what you're doing. You're going to yes. step back and go, damn, I didn't put that together very well. Or that's exactly how I thought it would go. And it even exceeded my, my expectations um, because the, the, you know, this, this client, Used to be here. They've gotten here. Now they can even face that next challenge. So, you know, to me, it just make it makes sense. But common sense isn't so common. No, and there's a couple things like in everything that you just said right there is just like I say that to say, don't sell your soul either, right? Like, still have balance in your life. Like, still go out with your friends. Still still go hang out with your girlfriend, your significant other, whatever, like, like make time for family. Uh, I'm not saying like completely sell your soul to like going to basketball games or football games or whatever to just, just to show your athletes that you care. Right. Because at the end of the day, I think one of the, honestly, I, I'm speaking for myself. One of the best traits that I have is that I do, I, I've learned to have that balance with myself. I've learned to, continue to be who I am. Like I'm that black, I'm that black guy that'll listen to rap. That's going to go out to New York city all the time. That's going to coach the shit out of my kids and have a good time doing it. Right. Like that's just who I'm going to be. That's who I'm going to present myself. That's how I'm going to show up. If you don't like it, guess what? There's plenty of other coaches in the area that will willingly take you. Right. And I think I'm going to shout him out here. John Davis he makes a very good point. Um, I think he tweeted it the other day was making your product exclusive. Like uh, too often we do not need to be the end all be alls for everything in, in the field, right? There are plenty of other people who are smarter than me in different aspects outside of the pillar of strength and conditioning, right? If somebody came to me for a little bit more advanced nutrition and whatnot, guess what? I'm going to refer them to somebody like Wendy Uriday, right? I'm going to refer them out. If somebody wants a PT, guess what? I'm going to refer them to, to a couple PTs that I know, right? Because that's outside of my wheelhouse, right? Again, I'm focusing on one thing right here. I can outsource and, and we talk about, you talk about putting people on and helping a community right there. Like, that's how you do it. That's how you bring other people to the table. Refer them here. Refer them there. Go here. Go there. Don't feel like you have to be the end-all, be-all of everything. Because that's, I honestly argue, that's where burnout happens, right? It's where coaches feel that they need to know everything. And they end up knowing nothing. And then they get frustrated. And then they get into this vicious cycle 
of, well, I don't know enough here. I need to learn this, but I'm learning this, but I also need this, but I'm not learning this, but this isn't helping my kid. And it's just a vicious cycle there, right? So I say have balance and don't feel like you're, you are the end all be all for, for your clients and whatnot, right? But you, you should still show up for them, but also have fun for yourself. Like do what you got to do and then help yourself out from there. Oh, I love that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on it, right? If at any point you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, then more than likely you're the dumbest person in the room because you're not being, you're not willing to learn from somebody else. And it may be that you learn how not to do something. I think that's almost as valuable as learning how to do it um, because you understand like that to me, that's not the way to do things. And, and you check right. yourself, but make sure, okay, I'm not doing that. Um, or you learn like I need to start doing this, right? I need to market myself better. I need to, you know, I do need to take balance, right? And and I've devoted too much time to my clients. I need to devote a little more time to myself or whatever. So I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that, man. I, I think the need to know everything can also be a huge burden because it still comes back to what we said earlier, like you can know everything and not be a able to apply any of it and then who who do you actually benefit exactly and like i and listen they like from for me like if i had to put three people out there that i think are like some of the smartest people that i follow their work right it's it's coach tim karen coach alan bishop and mo wells Right. Those are like the three people that I like if I was to sit back and I'm like, damn, like they're doing the thing. Right. I've had the pleasure of going to Coach Karen's muscle mentorship out in California. Right. I've seen like it, the proof is in the pudding. Like Alan Bishop, like Houston's teams have gone to at least the Sweet 16, I believe, like three times in the last five years or so. I, I don't fact check me on that but I, it's been i think it's three or four times within the last five or six years or so right yeah. like you see the you see the 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 results and the proof that he is you look at some of the freshmen that he has compared to like two years after after them in the program and they're still maintaining the athleticism they're getting bigger faster stronger like there's proof in the pudding there you look at you look at mo and and i'll throw jordan bush in there too you look at mo and jb's work like mo's working um with 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 uh Layla Johnson for track right now, like killing it right now, right? You got him working with John Morant, killed it this past playoffs, right? He's been working with Leonard Fournette for God knows how long. Like you see all of the results that they're doing, and and I think honestly speaking, I think this is the crazy thing is that like they never put their stuff out there. They never put their stuff out there, so you don't know what's going on. But you know that they're doing they're, they they have to be they have to be at a level of intelligent to be able to to see those results and to produce those results. And being okay with saying like, yeah, I did this or I did that, I didn't like it, it got the results, but not really, we can change it. Because at the end of the day, strength and conditioning is all theory. Everything that we do is all theory. We we put this plan together we 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 know what the outcome's supposed to be 
and we're going to put the plan in to see if the outcome comes out to be what it is or not. If it's not, guess what? We go back to square one and we figure it out from there. If it does, hey, worked out. Yeah, because, you know, when you when you do certain things with certain athletes and certain kids, they're naturally going to be able to do stuff better or worse, right? And if and if the barometer test for everything you do is always off of the elite kid or the elite athlete at the college or professional level, then you really have no idea how valid what you're doing is. You know, to me, it's the middle of the road kid who has a little bit of athleticism, a little bit of strength. Can that increase? The great ones are all the great ones and the good ones and the elite ones. They're going to be that with whatever you throw at them. Right. Like I I think too many times. And I know um, our friend uh, Missy Mitchell Macbeth has talked about it, too. It's like we get so wrapped up in sets and reps and and things like that for the for the younger kids and we forget about and these kids are going to get stronger just breathing by weights at 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 that puberty stage like you give them a little bit and they're going to have huge exponential gains like that's not to 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 say your your goal is to get somebody stronger is to me is like okay that that shit happens you put five yeah. pounds on their you put five pounds on their back and tell them to walk a couple of miles and then you know, you periodically increase that they're going to get stronger in that capacity. Okay, well, right, right. You made them stronger, but we're talking about athletic performance. That's a huge, that's a different deal, right? You know, it, so I, and I think a, I think a great person like when when talking about youth athletes and 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 their their strength training program and what he's been able to do is Joey Bertles. Oh yeah. Right? Like watching watching Joey watching him train the seven the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders that he does and have them move with such range and and form and whatnot. And like I could only imagine how that transfers from when they go from middle school to high school. But just seeing all the work that he's put in, like it, like it pays off. Like just being able to do full range pistol squats, front squats, full range chin ups with eccentric control, like that's that's really good fundamental stuff that I think sometimes we lose as we get older and as we get smarter. We feel like we lose the basics and have to go through go to using the advanced, the most advanced methods of training as the athlete progresses. And I don't necessarily think that's the case all the time. Because one thing I've learned is that athletes could all benefit from pull-ups, push-ups, and sit-ups. <laughs> it, it sounds crazy, but honestly speaking, I think everybody could just benefit from doing that and progressing it in some way, shape, or form. Oh, Absolutely. I, I, That's no. just the basics. Don't no, nobody quote me. Don't go ahead and be like, "Jew only wants y'all to do jail workouts these days." We just gonna do jail. Nope, don't say that. <laughs> I'm putting that on the record. Do not yeah, say that. I, but but here's the deal. But that's a lot. That like doing a quality push up at a young age is a lost deal. Like I see it. I've seen it for four weeks, four days a week. 
some of these kids, I mean, they're out there doing push-ups with their elbows yes. by their ears. And I'm like, how, who taught you to that? Why does that even, like, how? I, you know, and but I'm thankful that my dad taught me how to do push-ups. I wish, and yeah. I've told him this before. I was like, I wish you would have hammered me more on pull-ups. I, you know, a goal of mine is still to just do one body weight pull-up. I know if I right. lose some weight, it'll make life a little easier. But, you know, <laughs> go back to the I love food thing. The um, I love food thing is know, hilarious. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it's just like you said, because they're doing eccentric control pull-ups at, University of Houston, it's a huge thing for Alan Bishop. Yeah. And to watch these kids from seventh grade all the way to seniors struggle through that because they've never done it. All they ever do, you know, in junior high and elementary school is rep shit out and go play. And and yeah. play is important. And I don't want to diminish that because no. too many times they get stuck in the phones and they don't go play. So play is important. Right. But as they progress, there should be some greater fundamental teaching on how to do stuff because it's not it's not innate human nature anymore. It's not the norm. It's not. And I I, I, I we talk about that being the norm is it's hilarious that we're having this podcast now because Brandon Herring brought up a good point. Like I think I agree with him. I think a lost start is just being able to jump rope. Hell yeah. Like I think, I think I think there's a lost art there, and it's it's, it's weird now because obviously the space that I'm in now, I'm in a boxing gym where I run the sport where I run sports performance. But like, you walk in here, everybody has a jump rope, everybody's jump roping, and I'm talking like so the way how we have the gym set up is like we have one of those um, the CrossFit timers, and it just constantly goes three minutes on, thirty seconds off, three minutes on, thirty seconds off, right? And it's just constantly going like that all day. Right, you see these boxers. They just come in, change their stuff. They get grab a jump rope. You see boxers will go for like eight, ten, twelve, fifteen rounds. Three minutes of jump roping straight. Thirty second break. Grab a quick sip, and they're right back into it. You, you sometimes I'd be amazed at it. Right now, I probably could do a solid three rounds, like thirty three minutes straight with thirty seconds off. But like, I look at Kids nowadays, like now I've incorporated that with some of my kids now. Like some of them can't even hold the jump rope to like consistently jump rope longer than like 45 seconds. And it's like, did y'all ever play double dutch back in back in middle school, high school? They don't do that no more. Shoot. Dude, I, let me tell you. Public school, PE. And it's not it's not necessarily on the PE teachers because I know there's some really good ones out there. It's yeah, it's, it's on the higher ups taking taking away the emphasis on physical education, and then watch watch what's going to happen. All this research is going to come out after you know after this COVID stuff. They're going to talk about mental health and how much you know physical fitness plays into it from a from a positive example. Well, no shit, man. You can't tell me that if if you go and you have a great training session that you don't feel good. So why would you take that away from kids when they need outlets? You want why, why would you reduce the time? Why would you reduce the time of of PE over the years? I, I when I was in 
I'm, I, I don't want to like sound like I'm that old head. Like I, I hate when I hate me, I hate people who always say when I, when I was, but like, it's true. Growing up when I was in elementary school and, and middle school, like they gave us a solid, like 75 to 80 minutes of PE. I don't even know how long it is now, but I, I'd argue, I think it's close to like 40 depending on school periods and depending on region that you're in. Right. Well, we're, so we're in a, I mean, we're, and I'm at the high school level. We're on a block schedule. So we have four classes a day, 90 minutes each, but by, okay. the, by the governing body for high school athletics, we are only supposed to use 60 minutes of that 90 minutes for physical, whether, whether it's practice. So like we have, we have a football. So like 15 day. minutes, 15 minutes to change in the more the beginning of it. And then 15 minutes to take a shower and change and go to class. Ba- basically, basically. Basically. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Every school that has an athletic period, at least in the state of Texas, whether it's a 45 minute because you've got eight period day or a 90 minute block, you're stealing as much time as you can. Because Absolutely. You, all, you you want that. Oh, it's no different than your English class and your teachers. You, you walk in and they've got something to do and you're doing something all the way to the end of uh, period. End of the period, whether you want to or not. But, you know, it's a high stress deal. Um, but, you know, I think more, you know, a lot of kids are going to feel good. Cause not everybody loves English class. Not everybody loves math class, but there's probably a lot of kids that actually enjoy physical exertion. They just, they need it in a, in a different stimulus, right? If they, they just can't have a basketball in their hand and be good. Like they, they need to do something else. They need to learn a new skill. That's the other deal. It's just learning new skill. Like that's, that's, you know, that in and of itself needs to be, more of an emphasis like push learning more skills whether it's on the computer so you know if if you want to update your website but you realize like okay whatever time i i take to updating my website is potentially time i'm taking away from training another client and i could take that extra money man now you talk about uh enriching the community you find somebody local or you got a kid, you know, one of your kids, one of your clients has a has a kid friend that does that on the side as a hustle. And now we can start incorporating more of that. And and not only are you helping someone else grow, but you help yourself grow. And you can you you know, you're just gonna you're gonna feel good about that versus just Absolutely. going you know, a big house, uh big box store type deal, you know, and given given the almighty dollar to amazon or uh, walmart or home depot like sometimes you want to go to the smaller person because you feel like it goes a little bit further than you know jeff bezos's trillions or whatever his <laughs> net worth is like you just don't want to feed the beast anymore you don't want to feed that beast you want to feed somebody else right so well, bro, it's been a it's been an honor and a pleasure to talk and chop it up with you, man. I, you're full of wisdom at a, at a young 26 years old. Uh, so thank you for sharing it, man. If if people in that area want to 
train with you or they want to get at you with the online stuff and they want to follow you where what's the best way to get a hold of you all right so i'll just throw my instagram twitter all that out there so uh my twitter is at the bad juju d-e-b-a-d-j-u-j-u that's also my instagram handle uh my business instagram is at carrot performance uh just shoot me a dm uh shoot me a dm on twitter instagram i look at it all if you ever want to come come out boxing sessions training sessions whatever uh just hit me up we could set that up and then we could go from there awesome man well best of luck to you continue continue to kill it man and appreciate all this all the support that you've given uh you know the podcast and the iron speed chat and through your contributions man and i know you're only going to get uh bigger and and so I, at least i can say i i, I caught him back when you know, where you become the next Joe DeFranco that everybody goes to for, for the business knowledge, man. It's going to be you soon. Appreciate that.